Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. According to Statistics Canada, young people in Canada express experiencing loneliness more frequently than older people. Among youth aged 15 to 24 years, nearly one in four said they always or often felt lonely. So young people in Canada feel lonely more often and more intensely than older people. Why do you think so many young people feel so lonely in Canada? What part do you think social media, technology and the use of electronic devices play in why today's young people do not interact as much as they did in the past? Today on It Is Written Canada, we will examine what the research tells us about the importance of forming social connections and share with you proven practical and effective ways that you can have more meaningful connections to dispel the loneliness from your life. To begin with, we have Dr. George Cho. Dr. Cho is a licensed naturopathic doctor who practices in the Greater Toronto area. He's a member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology. His practice focus is on lifestyle medicine. Dr. Cho, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thanks for having me back again. It's good to be back. So Dr. Cho, we're talking about making connections and how important social connections are to our health and our well-being. So the opposite of that would be loneliness or being alone. Is there a difference between being alone and being lonely? Absolutely. Uh, just because someone is alone doesn't necessarily mean that they're lonely. Um, alone is just you're by yourself. But loneliness is when there's a disconnect between your desire for interpersonal relationships uh, and wh what you're actually getting. So you want to feel connected to people, but you're not getting that connection that you want. So somebody can actually be in a group and uh, with a, around a lot of people and still feel very lonely. Like, for example, you got kids who might be in school. They're surrounded by 20 classmates, but they might feel lonely because they're not getting that connection, right? Same as work, you know, you could be at work, you could be lonely at work, at church and, you know, so forth. So just because you're in a social group doesn't necessarily mean that you're well connected. So that, that's going to lead to loneliness. Loneliness has affected me personally in a number of ways. When I moved away from my community back in British Columbia and I came home during COVID, I fell into a mild depression. I stopped wanting to exercise. I stopped really caring to eat healthy. I spent less time outdoors, more time on my phone and my computer. And from there, my health just really began to deteriorate. So loneliness directly impacts our health. So scientific evidence shows that loneliness is linked with increased risk of depression, anxiety, unfortunately, uh, suicidal ideation substance use, drug use, alcohol use, those types of things. So that's the mental aspect. And I think people could probably understand that. They, they kind of, they can get that link, but also physical health as well. So now we know that loneliness is linked with increased risk of chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, um, heart disease, stroke, even Alzheimer's disease. So it, loneliness has not only a mental health aspect, effect, but also a physical effect as well. And, um, uh, physiologically, it makes sense because science now shows that uh, lonely individuals, they have higher rates of 
higher levels of inflammation in the body. And we know chronic inflammation leads to chronic disease. So people actually, when you're lonely, there's the inflammation levels go up in the body and that over time, that's gonna put people at greater risk of, of uh, these chronic diseases. It's probably not the only factor that causes someone to get diabetes, but you know, poor lifestyle habits and like eating habits and sedentary behavior plus loneliness, that's, that's a you know, recipe for disease, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So then Dr. Cho, what's the importance then of having social connections? Is there research that shows the importance of these social connections? Absolutely, so social connections uh, is really important. The American College of Lifestyle Medicine uh, has social connections as one of its pillars of lifestyle medicine, along with diet, exercise, uh, staying away from uh, harmful substances, sleep, and they have social connections, and that's based on research. And for example, in the blue zone, if you look in the blue zones, right, uh, they found that um, the centenarians who were living long lives, one of the things that Dan Buhner found was that they all have strong social connections. So for example, he went to Okinawa, and he found uh, these Okinawan women who've been friends for over 90 years, you know? So it's called a mawai in Okinawa. And basically when you're young, you join a, a mawai, which is a social group and you're friends for life, right? And science shows, uh, there was a one study where uh, they looked at uh, mortality. So this is, uh, you, you track a population over time and you see who dies and what is associated with those deaths. And they looked at, they compared eating six servings of fruits and vegetables every day they looked at Mediterranean diet, regular physical, physical activity, and then good social connections. Now, if you ask most people, which one, which factor is the most important? They would say maybe the fruits and vegetables or the exercise, but you know, it was actually social connections. So having strong social connections had a greater effect in lowering the risk of mortality than even regular exercise or Mediterranean diet and six to six servings of fruits and vegetables. So that tells you how important social connections are. Social connections in general are so important, but studies have also shown that when you touch, the benefits of social connection are even greater. Hugs reduce stress, they help improve your immune system, and so much more. They did a study with 200 adults, and they broke them up into two groups. Couples were put into a room, and they were told to hold hands for 10 minutes, followed by a 20-second hug. The second group, Again, couples were put into a room and just to sit in silence for 10 minutes and 20 seconds. At the end of the study, they found that those in the first group who were holding hands and hugging had greater reductions in blood pressure and heart rate. So that just goes to show how important being connected, not only together, but physically, is so important for our health. From a health perspective, longevity perspective, social connections are really important. Uh, to get more specific, um, if you look at like elderly individuals, when an elderly individual remains married, for example, that enhances their longevity. When that elderly individual, um, they stay connected with grandchildren, for example, that also enhances their survival. So in one study, they looked at uh, elderly individuals, those who had regular interaction with their grandkids, elders who did not, and elders who had no grandkids. And out of those, that, that group, the elders who had regular interaction with their grandkids, so that social connection, they, their survival was better, right? So 
Social connections are really, really, uh, really important, and marriage as well is very important. So it's a social bond that promotes health as well. So uh, again, uh, centenarians, uh, many in the blue zones, many of them they remain married. Uh, their divorce rates are often lower, right? So especially for men, uh, having uh, being in a marriage relationship seems to promote health, and that's because all the benefits from that social interaction. So. The research is pretty clear that social interactions are, are really important for health. One of the ways that people uh, get together is around food. And so right now our friends, Kathy and Arlette, are going to prepare a meal that is one of their comfort foods. So let's take a look at this. Hello, my name is Kathy Marcos and this is my sister-in-law. Hi, I'm Arlette Susanna, and today we're in the kitchen with our family. And being a homeschooling family, this is a pretty common scene around our home. Absolutely. Both our homes. Absolutely. We always cook together. And uh, when we do cook together, it's not only to make our load lighter as moms, mm -hmm. but also to teach our children life skills and also to take opportunity to connect with one another. Yeah, we really connect during those times. We, we talk, we play, we laugh. It's, we have fun. It's great. <laughs> and today we're going to show you one of our favorite recipes or one of our favorite meals, soup. We love soup. The recipe that we're going to show you today is not really a recipe. It's basically just joining ingredients that we would normally have in our fridge and incorporating mm -hmm. some of the things that we have in our organic garden and throwing them together to make a lovely meal for our families. So, and, and it's a wonderful way to clean out your fridge. Absolutely. If you have vegetables, you don't know what to do. Perfect. Soup. Soup day. And there's no right or wrong combination, no, right? there isn't. You can customize it. So for today's recipe, we're gonna actually show you what we've got together. We'll give you the uh, the proportions for those, but again, you, you're not limited to these, and no. you can create your own version of this or completely be customizing it to your flavors. So why don't we get started? So today, we're going to be adding two zucchinis. Okay, I'll help you with this one. Yeah. And you don't have to dice them too, too large. You can go okay. ahead and put it in. Okay, please. Thanks. No problem. And we're putting in one sweet potato. Okay. And they're diced pretty uniformly. They, they don't have to be any specific size. No. no. And, and then how we many have carrots? carrots? We have about two to three. Two to three here. These are about medium carrots. Yeah. But again, you can add three carrots, four carrots, depending on the size and depending on what you have on hand. We also are putting about half a head of chopped cauliflower. That's always nice, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice one. And then we're adding two large onions. I love adding onions, you can never go wrong. No, you can't. No. Oop, there we go. We also love garlic in our home. Today's soup is gonna have four cloves of garlic. Mm -hmm. And we're not even dicing or chopping those up, we're just adding them in whole, okay. And then we are adding about six medium potatoes diced. Actually, this pot might not be big enough for all of these wow. veggies. We might have to transfer them. We do need a bigger pot. Do you have a bigger pot on I hand? I do have a bigger pot. All right. Usually I do it in bigger pots, but... <laughs> so now what we do, we're gonna transfer this to a bigger pot. We're gonna cover it with water 
until the water is over the, the surface of the vegetables. And then you can add your seasonings. So there are there any specific ones that you have you can suggest? Well, salt for one. Uh, actually, we like to use herb and mare because it, it cuts down on the sodium because it's a mix of, of herbs in there. Um, and you can and add mare. things like turmeric yes. or any kind of herbs from your garden, either fresh or mm -hmm. um, dehydrated herbs, mm -hmm. so you can add oregano or basil or what, yeah, what do you cilantro, call yeah, perfect. parsley. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. Okay. So now that we've transferred it to a larger pot and added the water, we seasoned it and now we're letting it boil until the vegetables are nice and soft. And for this version of the soup, what we do next is once the veggies are soft and ready, we take an immersion hand blender and just puree it all into a nice puree. Yeah, and then we add um, a handful of spinach, one or two, uh, some beans, and millet. Excellent, and you can choose whatever grain you'd like to add to that to Absolutely. make it versatile. And once it's all ready to serve, we can serve it to our family and enjoy. But another thing that we like to do and that we encourage you to do is to share it with others. Absolutely, and it's a great opportunity uh, to share with someone who's sick or a shut-in. It's a wonderful blessing for them. It's a great way to reach out and to show Jesus' love to the Absolutely. community. We hope that you've enjoyed uh, watching us make our version of this soup and we hope that you're encouraged to try making your own version of it. Add your own veggies and whatever you have on hand, make it a twist and make it your own and make sure that you share it not only with your family but that you bless others with it. Have a great day. Isn't it amazing how food is so good for us and also how it enhances connections mm -hmm. and it just brings people together. It's such a fun thing. And, um, you know, the Bible, I think it also talks about how important it is for us to get together. Dr. Cho, are there places in the Bible where it tells us that being connected is important for us? I think the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be connected by design. So if you look at Genesis, um, it talks about how God created the animals and the earth. Then he creates man. So he creates Adam first. And we all know what he says after. He says, it's not good that he's alone. So what, he, what does God do? He creates a woman. But it doesn't even stop there. After he creates a woman, what does he say? He says, be fruitful and multiply. So have children. So I think, the, that's, I think it clearly shows that by design, humans are supposed to be connected socially, right? And it's throughout the Bible. Like I, was, um, I was thinking about the, uh, in Leviticus where uh, you know, it talks about, talks about the Israelites and their journey through the wilderness. And of course, God gives various instructions through Moses uh, to the Israelites on how to live their life. And, but also, it talks about festivals that the Israelites were supposed to keep throughout the year. And I think there was like five or six different festivals that they're supposed to keep. And some of these are like a week long. And if you think about that, that was... That was God telling the Israelites that you need to keep these festivals. And these festivals are not just Israelites by themselves in their tents worshiping God. These are uh, social events, right? So I think God knew that the Israelites needed time to reconnect with Him, but also time to get away from the work and reconnect with the wider community. So even like within the Israelite calendar, uh, it, they were supposed to have these set times for social connection. Then, if you look in the New Testament, Jesus, he wasn't just a one-man show. He had his 12 friends, the, 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 the disciples. Right? So even Jesus, by example, he wasn't just going around by himself, 
he had a, he had a group of associates. So even himself, he was immersed in social connection. Of course, he was always uh, he was in gatherings. He was he's he's um, he accepted the hospitality of others and so forth, right? And then uh, after Jesus dies with the early church, what do we see? It's not Christians in their home worshiping by themselves. The Bible says they got together and some of them even daily breaking bread. So it wasn't just Bible study, they were eating together and socializing. And in Hebrews it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Right? So I think all throughout the Bible, it's very clear that uh, social connections are important, especially when you look at Genesis, it's very clear that uh, by design, humans are meant to be socially connected, starting with obviously the family unit and then expanding from there. And so this explains why when, when humans are disconnected, we do not do well because by design, we're meant to be socially connected. I think Jesus met a lot of lonely people while he was on this earth. But a couple people that come to mind are, one, Matthew the tax collector. Tax collectors were despised in that age and in that time. And Jesus took him in not only as a fellow believer, but as his personal 12, which is the closest that any of them got to Jesus himself. Jesus loved and helped and cared for these people. And the second person that comes to mind is the woman at the well. She had many husbands, which in that time was greatly looked down upon. She didn't really have anyone to turn to. She went to draw water at a different time of day than all the other women because she was that hated or, you know, neglected. So what did Jesus do? He spoke with her. He welcomed her. And then he told her to go connect with other people. So Jesus helped lonely people. He brought them into himself and then he encouraged them to go and maybe even find some other lonely people themselves. You know, Dr. Cho, according to Statistics Canada, um, young people in Canada are lonely, more lonely, more often and more intense than elderly people. And so there's a higher percentage of young people that are lonely. Can you explain to us why? Or why do you think that there's such a high percentage of young people here in Canada that are experiencing loneliness? Right, right. And it's, it's exacerbated through the uh, lockdowns and the pandemic and all that. Um, you know, when, when uh, I was a little, I was a little bit younger. Uh, you know, when we gathered for church youth group, uh, we would all be talking. You know, that's and and when I was a kid, you know, if you want to, you know, have fun, you had to kind of leave the house, and you had to like we play road hockey and stuff like that. But you know, uh, when I look at the like the uh, new group of young people coming in, even when we we're gathered together for like after church, they're all on their phones. It's very fascinating and. Um, unlike any time in human history, uh, to entertain ourselves, uh, we don't need others. Uh, we can be alone. So you can play video games by yourself. You can watch Netflix by yourself. Uh, go, you can use the internet by yourself and cell phones, all that by yourself. So I think young people are, are gravitating towards that. But the research shows it never replaces the one-on-one, -on -one, the, the actual direct contact with people. I think that could be part of the, of the reason. Also, we know that so many kids are, are raised now in like broken homes where uh, families are torn apart. And so there's already uh, that 
disconnect there. So that could probably contribute to loneliness as well. So I think there's, there's a whole set of circumstances that's coming together to create this uh, syndemic, if you will, this, uh, this issue of loneliness, not just in Canada, but across the world. So Dr. Joe, um, talk about some steps, some practical steps that a person can take to increase the number of connections that they have. You know, the Bible talks about hospitality and the importance of that. And I think um, one of the things that we can do is to be hospitable. Invite people to your home and entertain guests. That is one way to really develop social connections. I learned that from my mom uh, uh, when, we were, uh, when we first came to church. Uh, you know, we were very shy individuals, you know, but my mom was a very hospitable individual. Almost every week, she would invite all the youth group, it was like 30 kids, and she would invite them to our home. So that, that's good stimulation for her, obviously, but also for us, you know, we're shy, but practicing that hospitality allowed us to have those social connections. So I think that's one thing uh, to, uh, to practice hospitality, I think is really important. But also, you know, you can get involved in church, church life, volunteer, in an organization that's reaching out to the community, those types of things I think are uh, good steps to, uh, to get socially connected. Yeah. I really like that idea because when we're hospitable like that, we are creating a community Correct, yeah. of people pressing together and coming together and connecting with each other. Right. And that's so hopeful and so encouraging if we can do that with each other, if we can pray together and eat together. And so I really like that idea of hospitality. We recently moved to a place where we didn't know anybody and that um, move brought with it a lot of new friends and new phrases that has been such a great blessing in our life. So being open to explore, being open to accept everyone and being empathetic with everyone's um, situations and points in their lives, it's a great way to start building new relationships and new connections. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think one other way that we can be uh, more socially connected is being willing to serve. The more that we're willing to help others, uh, you know, put ourselves in others' positions, that increases our empathy and being willing to be friendly. You know, people genuinely missing smiles after being masked up for so many months. And so just being willing to help others where it's needed uh, will go a long way in being socially connected. So Dr. Cho, what hope can Jesus give to those of us and to people who are lonely? Right. You know, um, you know, it's interesting. The Bible talks about characters who had lonely experiences and how, um, obviously, when you're lonely, you feel like no one's listening, no one's watching, no one cares. But then they realize that God was actually watching and they're all along. So, one of my favorite examples is this woman named Hagar in the Bible. And Hagar is a servant girl. She's a servant of Abraham and Sarah. And uh, Abraham and Sarah, uh, they don't have kids. So as is the custom in the day, uh, you know, Abraham goes with another woman. It so happens that it's Hagar, this servant girl. So Sarah gives Hagar to Abraham. And when Hagar gets promoted, she starts to get a little bit arrogant. And that obviously causes frictions with Sarah. And then, you know, uh, then, yeah, the, then it boils over to the point where Hagar actually 
runs away. And the Bible says that she ends up running into, into the wilderness by herself. Remember, she's a slave girl, right? So she, there's nobody around. So she must have been very lonely, uh, very, I felt like no one cares, you know, and so forth. But then the Bible says that uh, she encounters an angel. So in her loneliness, God sends his angel and comforts her, tells her, you know, go back to Abraham and Sarah, and also encourages her, her by saying, you're going to have a child. You have a man child, you know, a son. And it's interesting, after that, it's Sarah, uh, Hagar, she says, uh, she actually gives name to God, saying, He's the one that sees me. Very interesting. So in this experience where uh, she felt like no one's, no one's watching her, no one cares, no one sees her, but she recognized that there was a God who sees her. Jesus promises that He's going to be there for, for us uh, in our lonely times. And I think we could take encouragement from that. Yeah. So a final question about the church. What do you think the church can do to help people in this quest to find social connections? You know, one of my uh, favorite authors, uh, she says, Christ's method alone will bring true success. Could, uh, Jesus mingled with men. He sought their good, right? And uh, she says, there should be less sermonizing and more personal contact. And uh, as we close off, I wonder, Dr. Cho, could you say a prayer for our viewers? There may be people who are saying, hey, I really want more connections in my life and uh, that they can find people who are genuine friends, people who listen with their heart and can be a part of a community of faith. For sure. Father, heavenly Lord, I want to pray for those of those who are listening today, maybe some of them are struggling with loneliness or they don't have that connectedness to their family uh, and that they would like. I want to ask the Lord that first they'll look to you, that they'll realize that in you, that they can uh, find the connection that they need. But also, Lord, I want to pray that you lead them to friends and good social groups that can nurture them and meet their needs. So Lord, I want to pray for each individual who's struggling, that you would be with them and guide them each step of the way. We want to pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dr. George, thank you so much for joining us on Eddie's Written Canada today. Thank you very much for having me. We really do have a desperate need for making connections with others. Our free offer can help you make those meaningful connections. It is entitled, I want more blank in my life. You fill in the blank. I want more connections in my life or peace, freedom, joy, hope, rest, security, you name it. This little book can help you find what you are searching for. Before you go, we would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs. Friends, if you want more connections in your life, we would like to recommend that you turn to God, who knows that it is not good 
for you to be alone. Turn to the Bible, where Jesus received strength in his time of critical need when he declared, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.